Blog Talk Radio. Will you hold the line when every one of them is giving up and giving in? Tell me, in this house of mine, nothing ever comes without a consequence. It costs, tell me, will the stars align? Well, have a step in, will it save us from a sin, will it? Cause this house of mine stands strong. That's the price you pay. Leave behind your heart. Thanksgiving Eve for 2018. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the voice of the ASWF, Michael Carnahan, welcoming me in, along with my co-host, Cody, joining us as always. Uh, Cody, how are you doing tonight? Uh, just about 24 hours before one of the best holidays, in my opinion, on the face of the earth. I can't wait to get fat. <laughs> well, Michael, my good man, I am doing fine. i me and the wife, we've got all the cooking done. We're ready to go, man. The only thing I dread about tomorrow is the misery I'm going to feel after I eat way more than I should. Well, absolutely. And we here at the ASWF definitely <laughs> want to say uh, happy Thanksgiving to everybody out there listening uh, in the ASWF fan base. But we're not here to discuss Thanksgiving, Cody. We're here to discuss what happened Last Saturday night in the Valiant Arena in Tuckerman, Arkansas, what a show. Oh, my goodness. I mean, and it couldn't have started off any crazier. I mean, Joey Break comes out to do the normal, or excuse me, Bad Rag comes out to do the normal uh, intro, and and here comes Joey, and Joey had a little surprise for uh, Mr. 99%. He kind of called his bluff, so to speak in that he brought the Suicide King. As he stated last week on Aftermath, he would. He brought the Suicide King uh, to hold the flag. And it was quite a uh, quite an interesting spectacle there to see Bad Brad out there with uh, the Suicide King just two short weeks after firing him. Oh, oh yeah. I mean, seeing Ray Ray come out there, I mean... It shocked me, but, I mean, even what came out of it, I mean, there was nothing but ill will to come as, I mean, you know, when have you known Bad Brad to not make something a setup in some way? You're absolutely right about that, and that's the thing, you know, we – We'll get to what happened later on in the show, as that wasn't the only time we saw the Suicide King, surprisingly enough, that night. But, man, I tell you, the roof came off of that place when uh, the Suicide King's music hit, and it was a special moment. 
But we started things off matchup-wise with a champion versus champion match. And uh, the element of perfection, the greatest gym known to man, Max Stone, got to test his medal, so to speak, against the brand-new ASWF champion, Steve-O, in uh, a very back-and-forth contest. I mean, I tell you, I have to say I was very impressed with the greatest gym known to man. He not only kept up with Steve-O, I mean, at one point you saw Steve-O in the corner and Max Stone jumped literally from a standing position all the way up and hurricane round and Steve-O off the top. I mean, the athleticism of the current tag team champion, Max Stone, is just off the charts. Michael, every time I see Max Stone step into the ring, he just keeps getting better and better. And, I mean, the thing is, you're going up against – the world champion of ASWF is Steve-O. I mean, you know, going up against Steve-O alone is, a, you know you're going to be in for a fight, and uh, you throw the world championship on him, and, I mean, he's, he's going to do everything he can to protect his image, and, and I guess you would say merit, so to speak. And you're right about that, and that's exactly what he did. Steve-O fought valiantly in this contest, you know. <laughs> like I said before, very back and forth. I mean, at one point you saw the uh, – I believe you saw a couple ripcord knees. Uh, both men pulled out all of the stops in this thing, and uh, it ended up ending in a disqualification. But I tell you, you know, both of these men, you don't want to take anything away from Max Stone. You can't assume that Steve-O was going to win that matchup. At one point, honestly, I thought Max Stone was going to pull off the proverbial upset and uh, defeat Steve-O and, you know, kind of cut the championship celebration or the honeymoon short from winning the ASWF championship. And what would that have done? For Max Stone, should he have beaten Steve-O cleanly? Could you imagine what that would have done for his career? I mean, you're talking about going from the tag team title to obviously placing yourself as one of the front runners, the singles championship inside of the ASWF. And, you know, I've referred to it many times as the richest prize in the game, and that's what it is. It's the most storied title active championship in the Mid-South, and that's exactly what these two men, you know, that's Max Stone's goal at the end of the day is to become the ASWF champion. So uh, I tell you, you know, definitely shined a new light upon himself with his performance this past Saturday. Uh, Yes, he did. And as you said, Michael, I mean, imagine – uh, imagine what a victory of that caliber would do to Max Stone's career. As you said, he would be—he could be a potential front runner and a contendership for the ASWF championship. I mean, could you imagine? Imagine this: if he won that title, or if that was the case, imagine this scenario. He would have two of the three prizes in ASWF. I mean, and then if he was to win. The Evolution Championship, he'd be a triple crown champion. But that's neither here or there. That's just a that's just a scenario. That's what could happen had he have beaten Steve O. 
And you are right about that. I mean, it, it is just one of the scenarios of what could happen in the future for Max Stone. You know, you don't want to cut him short. This, I, I want to iterate this, you know. Max Stone, this is not the last time we're going to see him in the ring with an ASWF champion, whether it be Steve-O or somebody else. Max Stone is far from being at the bottom of the list when it comes to contenders. And, you know, especially being the tag team champion and holding that by himself and defending it, you know, he'd like to say by himself, obviously. He had a little bit of help at Halloween Resurrection. But the ASWF Board of Directors directors obviously standing up and taking notice here of the accolades of one matched up. I I agree, Michael. I mean, Max Stone has been really impressive. Uh, he's referred to these partners um, that he's went into matches with as, I guess you would say, placeholders. And the he's even went on to mention that the only reason that he's had partners in these matches is because he had to have a partner in this match. And you are right, you know, and I truly believe that Max anybody to defend these tag team titles. And, you know, it's something that's going to be something to watch going forward as he continues on his reign as tag team champion. But continuing, uh, going on to the other man that was in this contest, Mr. Steve-O, continuing his reign as ASWF champion, not exactly the uh, rocket start you want to get whenever you are uh, beginning a new title reign uh, for Steve-O. I mean, obviously, you want to come out and start beating everybody whenever you're the champion and stake your 100% claim to that title. You want to be the most dominant competitor in the ASWF and not exactly, like I said, the start that he wanted. Uh, no, it wasn't. I mean, the the one thing that can kill any wave of momentum is just that, that's, uh, you know, the, the phrase, it's not the fall that kills you, it's that sudden stop at the end. And, I mean, if you think about it this way, it's the same thing as riding a wave of momentum. And, I mean, just to just to kind of, come in with that wave of momentum and lose some of that momentum, I mean, how you got to think about how that's going to affect further uh, matches in Steve-O's mind. I mean, uh, you know what I mean, Michael. Um, you know, have Max Stone have, have beat him, you know, that would have been a huge upset in, in, the, in my opinion. And that could have been, that would you know, being a world champion, you'd have to think, well, I just, this guy's not even in contendership for this title, and I just lost a master. Well, he did lose. Remember, it was a disqualification. So, uh, really, neither man uh, lost any steam, per se. But I feel like it was almost you got to take it like a loss, if you're Steve-O, as far as from a momentum aspect. But I was just handed a note from my uh, one of our producers here on the show. Mr. 99% is actually on the line, and he said that he has a statement <coughs> he wants to make. I'm not sure what he's going to be addressing, but without further ado, I want to welcome... Mr. 99% on the line, 
Uh, welcome, Mr. 99%, to a very special ASWF Aftermath Thanksgiving Throwdown Edition. Well, let me tell you something. First of all, I don't need your welcoming to this show. Both of you two can kiss my ass. You understand me? First of all, Cody, don't you say a damn word to me after you uh, raised your voice at me last uh, Thursday on Aftermath. You are nothing but a low-life fan, and you don't even deserve to talk to me. So you're done talking to me tonight. Michael Carnahan, I've got news for you. I want to address a couple things. I watched a video that came out. Apparently you tracked down the Suicide King, and you want to say that he was met by Josh Cross and security. Well, get your effing facts straight right now. I openly welcomed the Suicide King to the ring, okay? And after he was done, I rightfully put him where he belonged as a fan and not inside the guardrail at the Valiant Arena. So don't act like I did anything wrong. And then the Suicide King took it upon himself, like he's done with Insane Shane and everybody else, and forced his way into a match or forced his way into that arena, and he attacked Josh Cross. So don't act like I did anything wrong. But I'm going to tell you this, and then I'm going to hang up, because I'm sick of both you sons of bitches. And that is this. December 1st, mark my words. The Suicide King and Joey Britt and whoever the hell else wants to from the ASWF will meet me at some point in the middle of the night in that ring. In the middle of the ring, I'm so flustered right now, I don't even know what to think. But I will definitely want to see both of them in the center of that ring at some point December 1st to talk about what I have to say. Take Thanksgiving and stick it both up your asses. Well, daggum, I mean, it's your 99% obviously fired up about the interview I did conduct with the Suicide King. Uh, <clears throat> Looks like we're going to have to eat a lot more at Thanksgiving to make up for the chunk he just bit out of our ass on this one, Michael. Um, you aren't lying. Uh, definitely, Mr. 99%, not in the thankful mood, so to speak, here. Just 24 hours before Thanksgiving. I mean, he he obviously says that he wants uh, the Suicide King and Joey Britt to meet him in the center of the ring that we're going to keep following. And hopefully either this week before we go off the air or next week, we will be able to uh, address what ha- what's going Whoa. on with that. Uh, maybe get an official uh, statement from the co the other co commissioner, uh, Commissioner Britt, as well as the Suicide King. Hopefully, we'll be able to get statements from both of them. Regarding what Mister Ninety Nine Percent just said, uh, I tell you, we will get to it here in a moment. But what I was addressing was the uh, quote unquote burial of the Suicide King's career. Like I said, we'll get to that here in a moment. But I mean, to me, it looked like he was met with the original misfit Josh Cross and security. Uh, not so welcome, not so welcoming appearance uh, from the Suicide King in that matter. Uh, And I don't believe that Mr. 99% expected the Suicide King to be there. But uh, let's go ahead and get into this fatal four-way. Grayson Beckett, uh, El Ray, CJ Jenkins, and Cataclysm. Grayson Beckett makes a very impressive debut here, but... Obviously, it wasn't enough as the psychotic savior 
able to pick up the victory in this fatal four-way. But I tell you, the story coming out of this thing is something is terribly wrong with Cataclysm. Michael, I mean, we have never seen Cataclysm in a somewhat, and no pun intended, catatonic state. Uh, I mean, the only thing he could, he was able to focus on was Dale. You seen post match after Cataclysm hit the finish on Grayson Beckett. I mean, C.J. Jenkins puts the Deadly Dale shirt on Grayson. Grayson didn't know what to do, so he took off. I mean, and I mean, you gotta wonder what's going on right now in the mind of the psychotic savior. I mean, given the only thing he's seeing right now is Deadly Dale. And it almost seemed like he was fixated on that shirt. You mentioned that after the match, C.J. Jenkins takes and uh, he puts uh, the the Deadly Dale shirt on Mr. Beckett. And, you know, luckily Mr. Beckett had the wherewithal to get out of the ring, but Unfortunately for the undeniable C.J. Jenkins, he didn't have that luxury, and uh, he was met with not only a clubbing forearm or a clothesline, so to speak, wrapped in barbed wire, but he was also dropped on his head into that barbed wire as well. Well, I mean, I mean, yeah, he, uh, you could only go wonder what's going on in the mind of Cataclysm. Has Dale broken Cataclysm, or has he put Cataclysm in a state where we may, I mean, of no return? I mean, you don't, you don't know. And I think personally, after CJ had put that Deadly Dale shirt on on Beckett, he uh, and Beckett got out of the way. The only thing that the psychotic savior seen was Deadly Dale. Even though Dale wasn't there, I mean, the only thing he did see was Dale right in front of him. And, I mean, how is that going to play out uh, in the coming in the coming time? You're, you're right. I mean, it's going to be interesting going forward. Obviously, this is not going to be settled anytime soon. I mean, these two... I don't think this thing's going to be settled, honestly, Cody, with all frankness. I don't believe this thing's going to be settled until somebody may be not able to walk, not be able to compete again. I mean, these two have (laughs) crossed that line between a feud in professional wrestling. This is a feud, period. This is just – this is the craziest thing I've ever seen in my life. And, you know – Deadly Dale, I believe, is playing with fire here. You know, we've mentioned that we've never seen Cataclysm like this, but the thing is, Cataclysm, he's either the most distracted person I've ever seen in my life or he's completely focused. And the way I say that is you look at the matchup and how it worked out. Cataclysm would be distracted by the Deadly Dale shirt, and he'd go off and he'd go off. But just at the right moment, he'd snap too, and he'd inflict all sorts of carnage in that matchup. So, I mean, is it a negative that Cataclysm has gone to this place? 
or is it exactly where Cataclysm wants to go to have Dale right where he wants them? Uh, Michael, I mean, that's a very good question. You, you've got two factors in this scenario, or two scenarios in this situation. You've got, if, if he lets Dale get into his head and keep frustrating them, what happens when people get frustrated? They make mistakes. Stuff happens. They don't think clearly. That's scenario number one. Scenario number two is, look, if he stays that fixated, then that also that could increase his focus, and then it's all hell will break loose. And you're right about that. And, you know, we're all going to keep an eye on this situation, a very volatile and dangerous situation as far as all hell breaking loose between these two, a very scary situation indeed, growing every week or every show between Deadly Dale and Cataclysm. The hatred between these two could not get any hotter, and it'll be interesting to see what happens with these uh, two individuals moving forward. And, you know, speaking of heat, the heat got turned up a little bit this week for the Nocturnal Flame. He was almost put in a in an unadvantageous position, one of the most unadvantageous positions he's been in since the beginning of his career, in a handicap match against the ex-number one contenders, the Vincent Brothers. And the Vincent brothers, they came together, and they put up a heck of a fight. But I tell you, how impressive was Leo Keegan? Not only was he and Heinzman able to beat the Vincent brothers, but he himself alone able to walk through the Vincent brothers, the former number one contenders for the ASWF Tag Team title. So do not get them wrong. They are highly Skilled competitors inside of the ASWF and Leo Keegan able to destroy them like he did. Oh, I mean, he, Leo Keegan came into that house like or that match uh, on fire. I mean, and it can only speak volumes due to the possible victory that uh, that him and Heinzman got over the Vincent's last show. I mean, Leo Keegan has had a chip on his shoulder uh, for a while now. And, I mean, I think beating two men did a lot for his confidence versus. Well, and I tell you, that's the thing. Are Leo Keegan and Heinzman not the two scariest tag team, the scariest tag team inside of the ASWF right now? Let's be honest. You do not want to run into those two individuals in any sort of combat sport, let alone when the two of them are on a roll like they are right now. Man, these two, like I said, we're going to have to to see a little more out of them uh, as a tag team because, I mean, it's one match. And, I mean, not to discredit the Vintons because they are an incredible tag team, uh, especially up and coming. Uh, NASWF, but I mean, we've got to see them in a little more action to actually determine whether or not they're going to be a big staple 
in the uh, ASWF tag team division. You're you're right about that. That's the thing about it is that if the Vincents decide, whenever they decide to go after Max Stone, should they get that opportunity, and that's going to be obviously up to the ASWF uh, board, board of directors, it's going to be interesting to see how they are able to uh, to work against Max because it's going to be another veritable uh, ta- handicap match in that the tables have been turned in this one. Leo Keegan and Heinzman, two of the scariest individuals to ever step foot inside of an ASWF wrestling ring, is, are going to be going against a guy who, let's be honest here, He's going to give up a lot of size. He's going to give up a lot of uh, he's going to give up a lot of strength. But thing that I believe Max Stone will be able to have the advantage on in this, he's very intelligent and he's very quick. Absolutely, Michael. And I mean, you know, uh, speed and smart—that's two good combinations to have in the wrestling business. I feel, uh, especially if you're going to go up against two two powerhouses, two monsters, um, you know, you're going to have to find a way to outsmart them. Uh, do I believe Max Stone could do it? Uh, there's a possibility. I mean, we've seen how well he held up to the world champion, Steve-O, in this situation. Yes, and you're right, though. And that's exactly right. You know, that's one situation. Stevo is probably the only guy that is big enough to to give Leo Keegan and Heinzman a run for their money as far as big, strong guys. And that'll be, you know, he was able to pass that test. But you're talking about doubling that size, and it'll be interesting to see what happens when that uh, tag team title defense uh, does happen, should it occur in the near future, uh, it'll definitely be something to watch out for. Obviously, uh, the next thing that happened was the intermission, but coming back from the intermission, we saw Mr. 99% come out again. And this is what we were referencing earlier. Mr. 99% came out to sort of, he said he wanted to right a wrong. He said that he wanted to do things the right way, and he brought out a casket and some druids. And, you know, the plan became crystal clear, or what he was up to became crystal clear. This wasn't about righting the wrong of uh, letting the suicide, terminating the Suicide King's employment. It was about, apparently to him, it was doing terminating the Suicide King and his legacy the right way. So they proceeded to bury the Suicide King's ring jacket and uh, T-shirt inside of the casket with rather unceremoniously. I mean, the uh, co-commissioner kind of teased us in this case, you know, kind of coming out there just – barely lifting the coffin lid to check to see if the Suicide King was in there. And, you know, I'm not sure whether that was 
not sure whether that was him totally playing this. I believe deep down inside that Mr. 99% may very well have believed that's a suicide king. You know, that's the thing about him. He can pop up anywhere. So I believe that there was a little bit of nervousness inside of the suicide king. Or, excuse me, Mr. 99% in this case. Uh, absolutely, Michael. I mean, you you can't help but be nervous. Um I mean, anything can happen in the ASWF, and oh, man, if uh, if Brad thought he had a plan, Ray had another plan up his sleeve. He had an ace up his sleeve, and I mean, it, it shocked the ASWF. I mean, to see Ray go around the arena was like watching Roadrunner and Wiley Coyote. It was it was a sight to see and something else it was a sight to see was Ray get his hands on Josh Cross. And you're right, you know, he was able to uh he was able to he was able to dress up as one of the druids <clears throat> and he kinda pulled that. the wool over the eye of the infamous one in this case. But uh, actually, we have a special guest coming on the show right now. Uh, the infamous one, Double J, wants to come on to uh, talk about this with us. And I'm assuming he's going to want to talk about the next contest as well as uh, it involves the infamous uh, lethal weapon, Insane Shane. Happy Thanksgiving and welcome to Aftermath, Double J. Happy Thanksgiving. Well, that's weird. It's kind of echoing, ain't it? <laughs> Michael, uh, I heard that y'all having the Macy floats and then the, the parades right up your asses tonight. That's 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 not even cool at all. I mean, you're welcoming uh, Thanksgiving right on here in aftermath. I mean, you know what? I was listening to uh, Cody talk, Chris, wherever you want to go by a stupid fan. But the thing is, you know, he's sitting there just coughing constantly in this microphone. It just hurts my ears. You know, it's just like uh, that Beckett's uh, wrestling. You know, it gets kind of getting choked up in the ring and choked up on this microphone. It sucks, you know. The thing is, uh, that, speaking of choked up, D-Mike uh, understood that it got word that this Thanksgiving he's going to be sucking through a straw because that's twice we've already strike you. Well, infamous one, you are correct. Uh, obviously, uh, that match he wasn't prepared for. Uh, I, the uh, matchup that was signed and the contract that was signed was MCB side in a return bout against uh, D. Mike. Shut up. Shut up. How can you sit out here on the live and tell lies to your voice of ASWF? What do you mean he wasn't ready? He turned around and acknowledged me, and he knew what was coming. He knew what the thing, next thing was coming. And you know what? The thing is, go back and watch your footage, Michael. We did not supposedly y'all yell, oh, they cheated, they cheated. D-Mike messed up and fell back into the rear naked choke, which we call it the, the insane choke. That's what happened to him, and he, gave, and he passed out or tapped out. We, he went to sleep or he napped. We didn't care. Michael, 
How can you sit here on the on broadcast and say, well, he's not ready for that? You sound like you're reading off of a uh, like a TV screen or you've got paper in front of you. You and that fan of yours reading that, you are just boring. Where are y'all getting this junk at? Can you not be original and come up with your own ways of how to do things? I mean, I'm sitting here listening to Cody. He goes, uh, anything can happen in the ASWF. You know, Michael, you know what needs to happen? He needs to leave because he sucks. Well, that's the thing, Infamous One. The matchup that was signed was uh, going to be MCB side versus D-Mike. And until you made your presence known, that was the matchup that D-Mike had prepared for. But you and Insane Shane made your uh, presence known, and then that brought out the prominence of dominance, Mike Anthony, coming out to ringside uh, to back up D-Mike. And uh, that also brought out the commissioner, Joey Britt, who turned this matchup from a one-on-one contest into a straight to a straight tag team contest. And you're right. Speaking you guys did pick up the victory after a very impressive impo- performance. Speaking of Joey Britt, where's he at tonight? He's so lost about things. I mean, he comes out there and goes, well, I guess they're going to make it a tag team match. He's like, Y'all ain't supposed to be there. Like, how's he know my schedule? Ain't none of his business. He's like, y'all ain't scheduled to be here tonight. I mean, <laughs> don't be, don't worry about me, Joey. Don't worry about us. You got problems of 99% in them. We're doing our thing. Don't worry about us. We're small problem. I mean, not your problem. D-Mike's problem, probably. Poor guy. You know, Michael, I wish I'm going to send these pictures in to you. He's he just it's sad this year to be family be gathered around while he's got to sip through a straw. It's going to be hard to have to uh, be like grinding up uh, uh, his turkey in a, in a grinder. Have to suck it through straw, Michael. Well, I tell well, you, um, infamous one, and I'll let Cody go ahead. Oh, I'll, you go ahead and finish, Michael. I was, I was a. Uh, uh, I've learned Get that ready if you leave, ain't got nothing nice to say. Don't say it at all. I mean, you know, I'm pretty sure your client feels like a big man attacking somebody from behind, as he has done the last uh, two times he's choked out D-Mike. Well, that is something um, to be said. I, mean, I hate to say it, but, you know, you should ask your wife how big my man is. I mean, our manhood's pretty big in the ASWF. My track record is bigger than your wrestling career, you know, people's wrestling careers in the ASWF. I mean, you being a fan, you should be knowing this by now. I mean, you know, it's 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 same to see now. All I hear is, <laughs> I feel like I'm watching and listening to LSD song coming on. Well, this is the thing, infamous one. Uh, he does make a good point, and this thing I'm sure with D Mike is far from over. You saw it on Facebook this past weekend. He said, "You know, yeah, I got uh, I got choked out twice, but I think I finally figured it out." Uh, you know, that's something that I'm sure you guys are probably ha- going to have to prepare for. Should D Mike find a way out of the infamous choke? Could be hey, tr- could spell trouble for insane Shank. Hey Mike, uh, can you do me a favor? Can you go and talk to the board directors that you always answer to, like a puppet? Can you ask them if uh, if D Mike can start the matches while he's sleeping, so it won't be so hard for us to do that? Can he just lay down there and, and just go to sleep for us, and then we'll just come out there and finish it off? I mean, it, we can start the match with him laying down. 
That's what he's good about doing anyway. Well, well I tell before you, you say anything, thing. before you say anything, where where's D Mike? Where's this? Oh, he can't talk. That's right. He's he's got to have one of them fibrillator things. Just and then D Mike, I've been smoking for fifteen years. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I mean, you find it funny, and once again, all the credit in the world to Insane Shane. Obviously, all the credit in the world to B-Side as well, who also picked up the victory in this tag team match, and he's far away from settling his issues hold with on, Mike hold on, hold on. We saw that Saturday oh, no, 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 as no, no, well. No, no. Michael, 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 hold on. Let me correct you. All credit into the world for the infamous Insane Shane for winning the match. I don't know who B-side is, east side, B-side, west side. I don't care who that is. He didn't help do anything. That's that's Mike Anthony's problem. He didn't do anything. Shane's the one that got the win. My client, exactly. Go watch the video. For some reason, you're having amnesia tonight. Stop the coffee. Well, you're all right. Uh, what I meant by that was that B-side was on the victorious side, though, and, you know, you got to give it props. It still goes down as a W. But, uh, like I said, yeah, Insane Shane looked very impressive, but it looks like uh, there may be some trouble on the horizon for yourself and Shane uh, moving forward with this, uh, with D-Mike. He appears to have found a way out of the in, the uh, infamous choke, as you guys call it. Well, Michael, uh, once again, let me correct you. I don't give credit where credit's not due. I care less about Mike Anthony. I care less about B-Side. They're not in my – they're not in our league. They didn't get no credit, so he was on the other side of the win. I don't care if he was a tag team partner to the stop sign. I don't care if he's a your tag team partner. He's nothing to the infamous thing. He didn't get no wins. Point blank. You moron. I'm done talking to you idiots. You know what? I'm going to quote what Mr. 99% did. Why don't you stick Thanksgiving, happy, happy, all joy, joy, up your asses. Shut up. Well, that certainly was. Uh, is it just me, or is everybody kind of uh, kind of in a bad mood on Thanksgiving? I mean, are they mad because nobody wants to hang around them or cheer them, except for the people they pay to hang around them? I mean, why, why are they being I'm not. Way? I'm not sure what has uh, gotten in the craw of the infamous one. Uh, obviously, victorious this past Saturday night doesn't want to give uh, MCB side any credit, which I can understand. You know, his guy did pick up the victory uh, by choking out D-Mike. But like I said, it's going to be interesting to see what happens going forward. Uh, D-Mike has alluded to figuring out – things uh, this past uh, week on Facebook, so this thing is a far from worry, far from over is what this is, and it'll be interesting to see these two going forward if D-Mike will finally be able to combat his way out of the insane uh, infamous choke as they call it now. But, uh, you know, this has got to do wonders as well, you know, for Insane Shane, moving him up the rankings again. Insane Shane obviously hasn't been really in the title picture since, 
losing the Evolution title, it'll be interesting to see what he has going forward as he's now guided. His career, excuse me, is now guided by the infamous one, Double J, and he is now part, it'll be interesting, obviously, like I said, the infamous one almost has the golden touch, so to speak, and does wonders for his people's careers, so... You know, Insane Shane is another one of these young guys to watch here in the ASWF. Um, I mean, Michael, I can agree with you on that. Insane Shane, he's been dominant since he's came into ASWF. He's had some of his most vicious feuds with guys like the Suicide King Ray Ray. He's had feuds with Leo Keegan. And, I mean... He survived the penitentiary of pain. What else can we say about Insane Shane other than here lately? Some of his tactics haven't been something that I would agree with. Well, I could certainly agree with that statement for sure. But speaking of the Evolution Championship, the Evolution Champion was in action this past Saturday night in tag team action, to be specific, as she teamed with the debuting EA East against Excalibur and Josh Cross in a very, very <coughs> impressive showing by EA East. And he put up a heck of a fight along with Asa Morta in this matchup. Asa Morta, at one point, I thought was going to be able to pick up the victory, but it was all for naught. Asa Morta actually got caught in an ankle lock. I don't know if you saw this, but Asa Morta actually got caught in an ankle lock. And Excalibur used the security railing to inflict even more punishment and damage to that already injured ankle uh, of Asa Morta's. I mean, you've got to look at this. They've got to be heading towards uh, towards an ASWF Evolution Championship match. And it'll be interesting to see going forward if Asa Morda is able to compete uh, at her level. I mean, she absolutely cannot be 100% at this point. Uh, no, she can't, Michael. The last few weeks have not been the best for Asa Morda. I mean, coming off the heels of, a, of an impressive victory over the main event, Curtis Dawn, she's had to face Excalibur. Then she's had her. She had a team with EA East and against Excalibur again and Josh Cross. And you you would think she would have had a game plan going into this one, and she may have, but just the the I guess you would say the predatory instincts of Josh Cross and Excalibur got to her. And you're right about that. The That's what you've got to call them, the predatory instincts of Excalibur and the original misfit, Josh Cross. I mean, Josh Cross ends up picking up the victory with the, uh, with the lethal injection, uh, that uh, springboard cutter. Uh, very, very interesting seeing what's going to happen with him going forward as it appears he may very well, you know, just continue to wreck shop through the entire ASWF. He has nobody to check him now. Obviously, the Suicide King uh, has been terminated. So is there anybody in the ASWF that can step up 
and potentially put an end to his reign of terror is another question that we're going to have to answer here in the very near future or else we could be talking about Josh Cross just completely decimating the entire roster. I mean, ever since Josh Cross has made his return to ASWF, he has been nothing short of dominant. He has came through. He is, I mean, the night of his return, he beat the holy hell out of the Suicide King. And, I mean, in the penitentiary of pain, they beat the holy hell out of each other. And you are right about that. And he was. He was able to survive, just like you mentioned about Shane. He was able to survive the penitentiary of pain. And speaking of the penitentiary of pain and those survivors, the third of which was in our main event, a triple threat with the number one contendership of the ASWF for the ASWF championship on the line. The winner to receive a shot at Steve-O, Deadly Dale, took on the unhinged Will Cage and the main event, Curtis Dawn. And this contest, I tell you, they hit everything. They hit everybody with everything but the kitchen sink. It was just barbaric. Dawn, of all people, managed to hit a lion salt from the ring apron to the outside on both competitors. I mean, it was just mind-blowing some of the athleticism we saw in the main event, all for just a shot at the ASWF championship. I They put it all on the line out there in that match. I mean, Deadly Dale, you know, obviously not worried about the psychotic savior cataclysm in this case. But let's talk about the unhinged Will Cage and the main event, Curtis Dawn. Both men were lucky enough to secure a pin in this match. And, I mean, look at it this way. Now Steve-O's going to have to – he's familiar with the main event, Curtis Dawn. We're not too familiar with his history with the unhinged Will Cage. All I know is a a triple threat match of that caliber, potentially, it's going to be hard-hitting. And uh, let's uh, let's mention uh, Curtis Don when he hit the floor, he hit the back of his head on the floor. They were there was talks when he got to the back that of a possible concussion. Um, after uh, I mean, and you know I was there this week uh, in your office, kind of talked to you about the show, and I heard the board mention that. Uh, Thankfully, it wasn't a concussion. Um, So, uh, fingers crossed, we'll be able to see the main event, Curtis Dawn, uh, in action this coming week. Well, and you're right about that. You know, uh, thankfully, especially for Curtis Dawn, that it wasn't anything more serious. And he does continue to move on his path towards an ASWF championship shot that he has now earned. I mean, look at this. Just... Break this down from the aspect of Curtis Dawn. Let's talk about Will Cage in a moment. But Curtis Dawn has competing in being one of the final two in the Rumble for Freedom in July. Then he becomes the number one contender for the Evolution Championship. 
He came up just a hair but bit short. He was within an eyelash of becoming the new Evolution champion. And now we're talking about him challenging Evo for the grandest prize in the game, the richest prize in the game, the ASWF championship. I mean, you know, they, they call the main event Curtis Don the main event for a reason. He's been nothing short of impressive since his debut at ASWF. Um, we've seen stuff out of him that we don't expect to see out of out of out of you know guys his size. Um, I mean, you know, he's been nothing short of impressive uh, to me, and. Uh, and I don't really have a, a whole lot more to say than that. You're right. It has been nothing but impressive. But you've also got to be impressed with the unhinged Will Cage. Think about his trajectory after Fight for Freedom. The man goes uh, into a tag team with Hypnotic, and they go after the tag team championship. And <laughs> they came up just a hair bit short. It appeared on multiple occasions that they were going to be able to wrestle away those tag team championships from the element of perfection, Max Stone. But once again, they'll come up just a little bit short in this case. Uh, Then you have, now he is challenging for the ASWF championship. Once again, it doesn't get any bigger than the ASWF championship. For both of these men, it's going to be their first chance at that title what is your uh, – I mean, what's the, what could you possibly be thinking would be going through these men's heads as they now know that they are moving towards a guaranteed title shot for the – and what's going to be the biggest match of their career at this point? Well, I would think if I was going to sit there and take both these men, sit them in a room, interview them, and pick their brains apart, I know the main event, one of the things he's going to say – Hey, he's just living up to the main event name. He'll, you know, it's the fame, the fortune, the money, the price of being a champion. He's ready for it. Uh, the unhinged Will Cage, that's, I mean, from anybody in the Manai, a championship gold is almost uh, like, a, uh, like, a, like a trophy prize that you would see of, of a hunter versus a prey, in a sense. And if I was to sit Will Cage in a room and talk to him, that'll probably be what he says. And you're right about that. You know, you go back to even when Cataclysm was the ASWF champion, he referred to it as a trophy. That's exactly what these things are for the Manai. And Will Cage would love to bring that ASWF championship back into the fold of the Manai, and he'd love to be able to bring back the dark days of the ASWF. So it'll be uh, it'll be something that to look forward to going into the future. But we're getting short on time, but I do want to address something. I just actually got something across my desk here at the ASWF offices. Uh, the Suicide King, once again, remember, Mr. 99% has offered to meet the Suicide King and the other co-commissioner, Joey Britt, in the center of the ring on December 1st. And not only that, he's given Josh Cross the night off. 
Josh Cross will not be in the building in the Valiant Arena on uh, Saturday night, December 1st. Bab Rudd's coming alone without his loaded gun. And, you know, you got to take him at face value. From what I understand, no plans, nothing on the itinerary for Mr. Cross December 1st. So, Bab Rudd is going to meet the two guys that honestly have the biggest problem with him center the ring December 1st. This could be a very, very volatile situation, and I cannot wait to see how this plays out December 1st inside of the Valiant Arena. Uh, Michael, should be told, I cannot either. The only thing I can say is you get the Suicide King and you get Bad Brad or anybody affiliated with Mr. 99%, you can expect one thing, chaos. And with the Suicide King, usually when it comes to him, there's always going to be something chaotic, especially if he gets his hands on Mr. 99% Bad Brad. Well, that's exactly what we're expecting to occur. Chaos to erupt Saturday night, December 1st at the Valley Arena, 201 Highway 367 North in Tuckerman, Arkansas. And I absolutely cannot wait. Cody, go ahead and tell the fans your final thought coming out of this past Saturday night. Well, ladies and gentlemen, I will say my final thoughts from this past Saturday night. As always, the ASWS superstars delivered, put on a hell of a show. And ladies and gentlemen, if you want to see another show like that, but better, because each show just gets better and better, come to the Valiant Arena on December 1st. Doors open at 5.30. Show starts at 7 o'clock. Catch us at the Valiant Arena for ASWF Wrestling. Ladies and gentlemen, for my part, uh, I would like to wish y'all a happy and safe Thanksgiving. And uh, that's all I really have to to say. So if I'm going to end it, i got to end it on a light note. Uh, Love y'all and have a happy and safe Thanksgiving once again. Well, before we let everybody go, I want to announce that the ASWF giving back and being thankful for all the great fans that do come and pack out the Value Arena every other week uh, are going to go ahead and give away two free tickets, one set of tickets to the next show on December 1st. And you can win that by inboxing the ASWF Wrestling Facebook page. The answer to this question, who took on Psycho Sid in December of 1996 at In Your House? Go ahead and answer that question. Be the first to hit up the ASWF inbox or mine and the uh, with the correct answer, and you'll win one set of free tickets to the next show. Ladies and gentlemen, for Cody, myself, the infamous one, and everybody here at ASWF, we want to hope you have a great evening, and uh, we'll see you next uh, one week from Saturday. Happy Thanksgiving, everybody. Good night. When I get to the bottom, I go back to the top of the 